keep it going. I have never heard such hatred in anyone's heart against men. My goodness. This is now we're now into the men's rights portion of the show. So, uh, kidding, folks. Uh, guys, I just want to remind you: your next comedian, he he wants to answer some questions. So please send us some questions. And you guys are all here to see him. Everybody, please make it real loud for Michael Ian Black. Yeah. yeah. Dirt fam. What's up, my Dirt fam? <laughs> Hi. Hi, everybody. This is uh, what a treat to be here. I don't know uh, what makes this the best of San Francisco, but I'll <laughs> I've been to San Francisco. I've been to some terrific shows in San Francisco, and I don't want to compare them one to the other. Is this the best I've ever seen? Okay. Well, the point is we're all doing each other's company. That's what's really important. I just feel like I, I, I don't like when people oversell. You know, you could have said, totally fine show, San Francisco. <laughs> and I would have been like, all right. You know, I, I would have had Julie's reaction, I think, to a dick. I would be like, <laughs> but it's hard when it's best of you're sort of like that's a i mean it's a lot to live up to i mean robin williams comes from san francisco right yeah uh, dana gould i feel like bobcat goldthway i mean there's some names there that i feel like you're you're wanting to live up to and let me tell you guys something you did it yeah. <laughs> all of us here tonight this really and and I feel like after tonight, we shut it down. It was the best of. Oh. We, shut it down. we go out on a high note. Right? Um, so Vahi said, hey, do you want to just do stand-up or do you want to answer questions? And I was like, well, you know, I, I would do some combination of that. That sounds like fun. Um, we do have questions. Um, hey. I know for a fact that Victor has a question for you. <laughs> He's our now, Victor. You met Victor. Didn't oh, you? hey, how you doing? Yeah, hey, you Michael Ian Black. Hey, Victor. <laughs> did you want to start the show now, or did you want to? Did you want to say something? That was more. I mean, that was really more of a comment than a question. But I'll, I'll take it. You know, hey. Oh, oh, I, I pause. Sorry, I'm really high. No, no. no. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Yeah. Um. So I have a question. Um. I've heard a couple of podcasts with you and Mark Marin. Um. Uh -huh. Do you guys really fucking hate each other? Is he just like a dick or like, what's the, what's the deal with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, has he ever... No, 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 no. I, I, okay, I'll, let me take the second part of your question first. My apologies. No, right. Right. You, you're doing great. Yeah. And I, look, I would never... Thank you. I would never talk shit about another comedian. But Mark Maron is a fucking asshole. <laughs> he is a dick he yeah i mean i feel like he would admit that he's a dick um and always has been a dick for as long yeah. as i've known him which is god 25 years or something um and maybe i was a dick too to him i don't know um he seems to think so <laughs> there certainly was a lot of resentment i feel like one way over the years and now that he is much more successful, thankfully, I can now resent him with as much resentment as he <laughs> Maybe more so because his career 
somehow has skyrocketed and I'm doing the best of San Francisco on Zoom. So, <laughs> I'm essentially performing at an open mic night. And so, you know, and he, he interviewed Barack Obama. So I don't know who's, who's winning. Um, no, we've hung out. I, 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 over the last few years, uh, we've gotten friendlier. I think both of us have mellowed a little bit with age. And of course, he is considerably older than me. I mean, he's just an older gentleman. <laughs> um, I heard this banter of you guys going back and forth. You were at his live podcast and you guys were nonstop talking shit about each other for eight. I mean, the clip was eight minutes. It must have been, I don't know how long, an hour, two hours of just uh, like what's going through your mind? Are you like, like, I fucking hate this guy. Why is he talking? Because he asked you about your family. You're like, is this going to go into a, a parade of my wife and kids? And I, <laughs> well, uh, um, no, who no, else no. do you have beef with? I guess is my, my question. I really don't have beef with Mark. I mean, the, 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 I think the truth is with all comedians, like I wouldn't really go after somebody hard that I didn't have respect for. And I didn't like on some level. Like I just wouldn't do that. Um, like you'll notice I'm not going after you, Victor. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot up yet. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got another question from Rod. But before we ask, I just want to tell everybody that if you have any questions, send them to me in the chat. Or you can say, if you really want them answered, send them to us on Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, at Venmo. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Rod. Ask your question. Uh, the question is, uh, can you tell me which project you chose that you really you feel was your absolute best decision? Like you made that you made a decision and you like you're like that was that was really smart. I'm still waiting for that. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've made you know I've made, made I've made a lot of terrible decisions over the course of my career. <laughs> um, and a lot of it, a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, desperation and angst. And somebody is saying, "Hey, do you want money?" And you're going, "Yeah." <laughs> you want to do a Klondike commercial? Uh, yeah. You want to do commercials for Sierra Mist? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I totally want to do that. I absolutely want to do that. Um, but but you know the things that the things that really fun or, or what, what is what is the decision you made that you were most proud of? <sighs> uh i don't know if you know the tv show stella um, which fa failed commercially speaking <laughs> um on paramount plus but, i watched it oh is it on paramount plus <laughs> so yeah i mean i don't know how many people have paramount was maybe 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 more than ever saw the show when it was on but um that was a show where it was so like balls to the wall like who me and my partners michael showalter and david wayne were and what we were trying to do um that i'm 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 very proud of it it was kind of uncompromising and that was probably that probably spelled its doom uh because it was you know it, it it didn't make sense to most people um, it made a lot of sense to us, and I, 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 I thought it was really funny, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, check it out. 
Also, I, I mean, who cares? Who cares that I wrote an important book this year? <laughs> 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 that I wrote uh, that I wrote a comedian's thoughtful take on masculinity. Who cares? Gee, tell us about <laughs> the book, Michael. Oh, is there a book that I should be talking about? I wouldn't Please. presume to plot my own shit on Best of San Francisco. It's got a, a mostly serious letter to my son. And that is what it is. It is a mostly serious letter to my son on the subject of masculinity. Who was clamoring for a book uh, from a C-list comedian about masculinity? Uh, and I should say an effete C-list comedian uh, about masculinity. As it turns out, nobody. But <laughs> New York Times liked it. So what are you going to do? Uh, I'm proud of this too. I actually am proud of this. It's it's a it's a book I worked really hard on, and it was it was scary to write. Um, and you know, the next logical question is, well, what did your son think of it? He hasn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, um, we, got a, we got another question from John. Okay. Hi, John. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Do you pronounce that Yakapuchi or Yakapuchi? Exactly. Pucci. Got it. Nice to meet you. Pucci. I'm impressed. Thank you. Um, Michael, well, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm, a, you know, I'm a, an author of an important book. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes. Tell us about it. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> this is your question. Uh, I'll head to Amazon as soon as we're done here. Um, <laughs> it is independent bookstores today, so Amazon is fine with me. I don't give a shit. So that. <laughs> right. um, so, Michael, I can't tell you how thrilled I am to speak to you directly and just say I love your work, especially another period and your character of Peepers. Uh, it was one of my favorite characters in comedy in my 53 years as a consumer of comedy. And that show was hilarious. I miss it. And I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about your thoughts about the show. That's another one I was going to say that I'm I'm proud of, but 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 I didn't you know I like I didn't create that show and I didn't I did help write the second season, but um, it was uh, Ricky Lindholm and N Natasha Leggero and Jeremy Connor who created the show, and then they asked me to be a part of it, and I thought. I uh, that it was um, such a strange choice on their part to go like, oh yeah, we know who should play like the snooty butler, Michael Ian Black. And I like, I never would have thought of myself for that part. And I was, I was so like um, flattered that they did. And, and, and it was, one, it, it's one of those characters that I felt like um, I was able to, to really make my own and turn into something um, I really, I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, I, I, I was very um, unsure in the beginning as we were starting. I didn't know like what he sounded like. I didn't know what he looked like. And, you know, and, and, you know, when you make a TV show, like a lot of times, like, you know, you just sort of show up and they start rolling and you're supposed to know what you're doing. And I almost never do. Um, so, yeah, I sort of had to find the voice and I sort of had to find his mannerisms. And um, eventually I had to grow a mustache because, the first part about that job, if, if you haven't seen the show, it, it, the, the, the premise of the show is it's the way it was explained to me was it's as if the Kardashians took what took place in 
the era of Downton Abbey. That's sort of what they were going for. Um, and, uh, and, and the worst part for me by far was gluing on a mustache uh, like this because you spend the day, I spend the day unwilling to move my mouth because as soon as I move my mouth, the mustache comes out and then a woman, always a woman has to come, it's in my contract, it has to be a woman, comes up with spirit <laughs> and glues it back down. And then, and, and then I have to say things like, go dust the ostriches, you know, and, and then it comes loose. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So go Boy. dust the ostriches, by the way, just, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a made up line just now. Mm. <laughs> 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 that's perfect though. That's perfect. Thank you. Destroy, you got a question for us? Yeah. Uh, so who do you look up to comedically as far as comedy heroes? And uh, I don't mean Mark Maron, but <laughs> there's so many. The reason I started doing stand up because I'm not I didn't come from a stand up background. I came from a sketch background um, with, with my uh, comedy troupe, The State. And and I the reason I started doing stand up at all was twofold. One, because it really frightened me. And I, I, I knew so many standups and I saw them and I admired what they did so much um, because it looked impossible to me. And so, so in the you know, early mid nineties, there was this alternative comedy scene that was sort of coming along in Los Angeles and then later in New York. And Stella started as a like fun thing to do in that alternative comedy scene. And we weren't stand-ups, but we would host our shows together. And the show was called Stella. And there were a lot of people who I would watch every week. People like Mark Maron. Mark Maron did Stella almost all the time. Um, <laughs> Gene Garofalo, Todd Berry, um, the Upright Citizens Brigade, they weren't stand-ups, but um, mm. God, there were so many. Um, uh, Sarah Silverman and... Um, I, I get Louis C.K. was always there, um, ne never, never. Uh, not masturbating. Not mas never masturbating. Like that one time. <laughs> a couple times. A couple <laughs> times. <laughs> never masturbating in my presence. Um, and I just admired what they did so yeah. much. And then when I started doing this random VH1 show called I Love the 70s, yeah. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was very good on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. The show got popular. And so all of a sudden I started getting offers to do stand-up. And I was like, I'm not really a stand-up. They're like, well, we'll pay you $15,000. I was like, okay, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> and now. <laughs> yeah, now I'm a stand-up. <laughs> so that's actually a good, that's that's actually one of the things that I jumped into um, that was a good decision um, that I wasn't really planning on doing. Uh, I wasn't planning on becoming the money forced my hand <laughs> in terms of becoming a stand-up. Um, and hey, like $15,000 anymore to do stand-up. That was, that was a high point and in <laughs> and, and a slow descent ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Cool. How about Alex Weiss? Oh, you look pretty young, Alex. Um, no. Alex. <laughs> Uh, I feel like the show Burning Love is really underrated. 
And I was curious if anyone from the Bachelor franchise recognized it or acknowledged it. <laughs> uh, 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 so the batch, I mean, the Burning Love is a, and hello, Alex, and thank you for your question. Um, are you in high school, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> what year are you? Big comedy fan. I have Tim and Eric in the back. Hey, look at that. On there. Thanks. Um, what year are you? I'm a junior. All right, right on. My daughter's a senior and uh, we'll, we'll be graduating. Um, so when she leaves the house, I would like you to become my new apply to college, I'll do the whole thing. We don't want you to have that emptiness syndrome. I know. Look, I, I, there, there, there's, there's a lot going on in my emptiness world right now, my emptying nest right world, um, world <laughs> that I can't talk about because it's too stressful. Um, but but you know, stay tuned. Um, to answer your question, Burning Love was a parody of The Bachelor created by my friend Ken Marino and his wife, Erica Oyama. And Erica, I think in particular, was an enormous Bachelor fan and they came up with this show. And I wasn't supposed to, I was, and I was the host and I wasn't supposed to be the host because they, sh they shot a pilot for it and Adam Scott was the host. Um, and then he had to drop out and then I was happy to have his sloppy seconds. More than happy, it's a life. <laughs> and I'd never seen The Bachelor. I didn't really, I mean, I knew what it was, but I'd never watched it. And so just like, you know, like pretty much the day before I was supposed to start shooting, I was like, well, let me see what this is. Cause I feel like I should know before I show up on set. And so I watched like five minutes of it. And I was like, okay, I think I got this. I think I understand. <laughs> um, and people were like, you did a good, like Chris Harrison impression. I'm like, I really didn't know. I don't, I didn't, I don't know really who that is. Kind, I mean, I kind of know who he is, but I, I literally watched for five minutes and I felt like I got the vibe down and that was enough. Um, but apparently Chris Harrison watched and enjoyed Burning Love I, I, because he reached out, I think, to Erica subsequently about it. And I think that was as starstruck as she has ever been. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> we did like three seasons of it and it was, it was, it, you know, all the fun stuff uh, never ends up being particularly remunerative. Um, and that's fine. Like I'm totally happy to just show up and do stuff with friends. Um, and that had a great cast too. There were so many funny people in that. Including uh, including Marvel superhero Kamel Nanjiani. Boo. Right. Boo? Did you just <laughs> you got a question? And also, folks, just a reminder to keep sending me questions in your chat. And if you really want them to be answered, send them to our Venmo, PayPal, Cash App, at Best of SF. It, 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 it is a, apparently it's a bribery situation. And are you taking highest <laughs> questions? Is that what you're doing? We would. Oh, yeah. No, right now we're just. Yeah, we could do that though. That's a good, that's no, a good suggestion. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> was your idea? The most it was not my idea. I want this. I, uh, unless you kidding. I want this to be meritocracy. I want this to be egalitarian. Well, this person didn't donate at all. So go ahead, Shira. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> this is a free uh, uh, so, uh, you know, 
nine years or so ago, you wrote a book with Megan McCain. Do you mm -hmm. still feel good about that? Yeah, I feel really good about it. Um, you know, Megan is, okay, so the premise of the book was, a simple premise, lefty, righty, go on the road together um, and, uh, and observe the nation. So at the time, it was the Obama-Romney election, and we both felt like, gee, you know, this country feels like it's kind of pulling apart. Um, is there a way to sort of do a humorous look at the country and it be in the spirit of, you know, love and companionship and camaraderie? And the funny thing is I didn't know Megan. Um, we were like Twitter friends and I'm an ambient addict. And one night I took an ambient <laughs> and the next morning woke up and had this thought. Did I ask Megan McCain to write a book with me? And did she accept? And the answer was yes and yes. But I did, I was very unclear about that. <laughs> the next day. I didn't know her. Like we didn't know each other. We really only met when we started doing, when we got into an RV together and drove across the country, or I think it was four or five weeks, um, and got to know each other that way. And one of the things that I think is, people um, on my side of the political divide rail on her constantly. And sometimes she says dumb stuff. And sometimes everybody says dumb stuff. But one of the things I know about Megan is that she is far more open-minded in her political worldview than I am in mine. Um, and is much more receptive to differing opinions than I am. And that's something that I really, that she taught me. You know, she comes obviously from a political family, but her father, whether you agree with him or disagreed with him politically, was one of those guys who was really open and receptive to the other side of the aisle. So I, I, when I met him- Who are we talking about? John sorry. McCain. John I'm McCain. sorry. John like McCain. Markle? Megan Markle, is that what you just said? Oh, Megan. I was McCain. like, who are we talking about? Are we talking about? <laughs> no, the initial question was about uh, Megan McCain. And yeah, I understand. Look, Megan Markle. I just need a minute. I have very strong opinions about. I don't. Let's um, go into that. <laughs> but um, I remember when I met John McCain the first time, he was ragging on a Republican senator that had just been elected and calling, I don't even remember who it was and calling that person a moron and an idiot. And then calling the <laughs> new democratic Senator from Connecticut um, saying he had heard really good things about him. And he seems like a bright guy and, and all the rest of it. And Megan's it's kind of like that. I mean, Megan, Megan, um, first of all, she was always anti-Trump. And I honestly don't know that our friendship could have survived if she had ever, if she had been pro-Trump. I, 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 and we had made a deal with each other years ago that was like, look, whatever happens, like we won't let politics ruin our friendship. If she had come out for Trump, politics would have ruined <laughs> She was consistently, you know, the whole time she was consistently against the guy. And I have a lot of respect for her because she was getting beat up by her side of the party. I mean, by her party and getting beat up by my party. And uh, so 
Long answer to your question, because I'm, I'm, I am a little bit defensive about it because people ra rag on me all the time about writing a book with Megan McCain. And I'm like, I'm proud of the book. It's a good book. Um, and she was great to work with. Cool. Um, we just want to be conscious of your time, Michael. Uh, will you let us know when it's when you. Uh... Oh, yeah. Let me know when people are bored and you want to go. I'm fine. <laughs> okay, Les. <laughs> Speaking of good books. I want to know if your opinion on Frankenstein has improved since last okay. episode. <laughs> okay. Great question. I'm and not I, caught up yet. I'm so sorry to no point spoilers. my dongle at you. It's a great question. <laughs> point away. <laughs> I host a pod. I created a podcast called Obscure. And Obscure is a podcast in which I read a classic work of literature out loud and comment on it as I go. And, and season one was Thomas Hardy's Jude the Obscure. Um, which I had never read and had no desire to read. And that was part of the premise. Season two now is Shelley Frankenstein. Again, had no desire to read it and had never read it. Now I'm reading it. And to answer your question, Laz, it took 32 episodes, I think, of, of me just being utterly annoyed at Frankenstein. <laughs> it's such a, if you haven't read it, at least... The first half of it is so boring. You can't believe it. Because you think it's going to be Frankenstein. You think it's going to be a monster running around just like, you know, eating people and ripping their heads off and, you know, doing, you know, like that. And just being like scary. It's not scary. It's boring. It's, it's like, it's like navel gazing. It's, and, and you're just like, Jesus, what's happen in this book? I'm now on page like a hundred and something out of a hundred and something. And I am finally into it. Uh, and, and that is reflected in the podcast because there's a lot less of me going, holy shit, this is terrible. Like there's a lot less. Great. <laughs> right. Glad to hear it. Um, I think from now on to keep this moving, we're going to only do yes or no questions for Michael. Right. <laughs> Just kidding. Do you think I'm bloviating? Am I being long-winded? No. No, no, no. No, but um, we do have a bunch of other comics on the show also. We oh, didn't, I didn't uh, realize. I apologize. No, no, no. It's not, you didn't do anything wrong. We, I did. Just, <laughs> I, no one's here for that. Michael, shame on you. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. I don't want to. I don't want to Dave Chappelle this show. Oh, <laughs> 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 this show. I mean, be funny. I really didn't realize. <laughs> okay, we have another question though from Teddy Higgins. Teddy. This is the last one. I didn't realize I was keeping. I did not realize I was keeping other people. In. You were. What a dick. I, I was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you compared yourself really to audience. Chappelle. Who needs more comedian? <laughs> Teddy, yeah, my question, Michael, is uh, what would you have done if you didn't go into show business? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, Born. I, didn't, I didn't really have any kind of backup plan. And, uh, uh, you got porn lips, though. You would have made it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got really lucky. I, I mean, it's just true. I just got so lucky. Um, because I, I, you know, it was like right place, right time with the right group of people when I was starting out, when I was 18, you know, like I just, I, I fell into a, a good situation with the state. Um, and it, 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 it amazes me to this day that 
I now own a library ladder as the result of I will say the career has now utterly dried up and like it's over. But <laughs> the fact that it lasted no. this long is nothing of a, a less than less than a small miracle to me. Um, so I'm 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 forever grateful. So <laughs> Ted, thank you for giving me the opportunity to express my gratitude, not only uh, to all of you here tonight, but to show business in general. And when I say show business, I obviously mean Jews. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. We didn't book any uh, Jews on the show tonight. Uh, no. Michael's um, I'm done. Good night. I'm done. Oh wait, do you wanna? We have. You want, we have one more question. If you would, uh, if you would be down. Sure, I just, yeah, I, I just feel guilty. No. Guilty. <laughs> no, no, Wallace. Oh yeah. Hey, Michael. Um, I've seen you uh, live a few times, and I was just curious. How hard was the, the, the strain on you from going from the, the Stella Shorts that you did with all the, the dildos and the, the fish fucking to doing a live action actual show uh, syndicated for, for Comedy Central with no, no dick? Right. So the question is, how did you make the transition from working yeah. exclusively with dildos yeah. to working <laughs> not at all with dildos? Yeah. And there is... A not insignificant part of me that thinks that was the reason the show didn't succeed on Comedy Central. admission. If we wanted to do a show on television, the the pretty much the only rule they had for us was you you can't you can't have the dildos. <laughs> so in show business, what happens is if like you're a makeup artist. What happens is you buy the makeup and then you rent it back to the production. We had the dildo. You know what I mean? We could have made a fish <laughs> renting <laughs> back. What a waste. Such a waste. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Woo! Thank you, Michael. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you for telling us hey. about the book. Very well reviewed. Very well. <laughs> Good book. Let him do a set. Joe. They loved it on Morning Joe. Who cares? It doesn't matter. You guys, how you guys tonight? Michael, the people are demanding that you do a set. They're do saying, a set, they're Michael. sending me messages. Yeah. And I said, I said they already, already did a set. On court. Yeah. They're on court. Demanding. Yeah. There's other things. I'm done. I'm not. I'm, I'm not we need not. to know how much pizza you ate yesterday. Ben Goldberg. You, you, I mean, look, if you want to look, every Friday, I reveal yes. how many pieces you do. I oh, ate no. that night. <laughs> on Twitter. Two on Twitter. That's the key. <laughs> two weeks ago, two Fridays ago, I had five slices. Five. Okay. Last week, that was two weeks ago. Last week, zero slices. No pizza. <gasps> uh, what? <laughs> I was as shocked okay. as any of you. I was as shocked <laughs> as any of you. Wow. Last night, it returned to form. I'll give you a moment and then I'm going to say goodnight. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a moment to contemplate how many pieces of pizza you think I ate 
And then I will reveal the shocking answer. Eight. Seven. Eight. Five, 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 five. One dollar. Six. 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 Three. The whole pizza. Three slices of pizza. Have a great night. Hi, <laughs> Michael. You nailed it. Michael Ian Black, everybody. Keep it going for Michael. Thank you guys for 